Act One, Scene Two of Richard the Third. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Richard the Third, by William Shakespeare, Act One, Scene Two. Lady Anne, read by Elizabeth Barr. Gloucester, read by Winston Tharp. Enter the corpse of King Henry the Sixth, gentlemen with halberds to guard it, Lady Anne being the mourner. Set down, set down your honourable load, if honour may be shrouded in a hearse, whilst I a while obsequiously lament the untimely fall of virtuous Lancaster, poor key-cold figure of a holy king, pale ashes of the house of Lancaster, thou bloodless remnant of that royal blood. Be it lawful that I invocate thy ghost to hear the lamentations of poor Anne. Wife to thy Edward, to thy slaughtered son, stabbed by the selfsame hand that made these wounds. Lo, in these windows that let forth thy life, I pour the helpless balm of my poor eyes. Cursed be the hand that made these fatal holes. Cursed be the heart that had the heart to do it. Curse the blood that let this blood from hence. More direful appetite that hated wretch that makes us wretched by the death of thee than I can wish to adders, spiders, toads, or any creeping venomed thing that lives. If ever he have child, abortive be it, prodigious and untimely brought to light, whose ugly and unnatural aspect may fright the hopeful mother at the view, and that be heir to his unhappiness. If ever he have wife, let her he made a miserable by the death of him, as I am made by my poor lord and thee. Come, now towards Chertsey with your holy load, taken from Paul's to be interred there, and still as you are weary of the weight, rest you, whilst I lament King Henry's course. Enter Gloucester. Stay, you that bear the course, and set it down. What black magician conjures up this fiend to stop devoted charitable deeds? Villain, set down the course of a St. Paul, I'll make a course of him that disobeys. My lord, stand back, and let the coffin pass. Unmanned dog, stand thou when I command. Advance thy halbert higher than my breast, or by St. Paul I'll strike thee to my foot, and spurn upon thee, beggar, for thy boldness. What, do you tremble? Are you all afraid? Alas, I blame you not, for you are mortal, and mortal eyes cannot endure the devil. Avaunt, thou dreadful minister of hell! Thou hadst but power over his mortal body, his soul thou canst not have, therefore be gone. Sweet saint, for charity, be not so cursed. Foul devil, for God's sake, hence, and trouble us not. For thou hast made the happy earth thy hell, filled it with cursing cries and deep exclaims. If thou delight to view thy heinous deeds, behold this pattern of thy butcheries. O oh, gentlemen, see, see, dead Henry's wounds open their congealed mouths and bleed afresh. Blush, blush, thou lump of foul deformity, for tis thy presence that exhales this blood from cold and empty veins where no blood dwells. Thy deed, inhuman and unnatural, provokes this deluge most unnatural. O oh God, which this blood madest revenge his death! O oh Earth, which this blood drinkest revenge his death! 
Either heaven with lightning strike the murderer dead, or earth gape open wide and eat him quick, as thou dost swallow up this good king's blood, which his hell-governed arm hath butchered. Lady, you know no rules of charity, which renders good for bad, blessings for curses. Villain, thou knowest no law of God nor man, no beast so fierce, but no some touch of pity. But I know none, and therefore am no beast. Oh, wonderful, when devils tell the truth. More wonderful, when angels are so angry. Vouchsafe divine perfection of a woman of these supposed evils to give me leave by circumstance but to acquit myself. Vouchsafe diffused infection of a man for these known evils, but to give me leave by circumstance to curse thy cursed self. Fairer than tongue can name thee, let me have some patient leisure to excuse myself. Fowler than heart can think thee, thou canst make no excuse current but to hang thyself. By such despair I should accuse myself. And by despairing shouldst thou stand excused for doing worthy vengeance on thyself, which didst unworthy slaughter upon others. Say that I slew them not. Why, then, they are not dead. But dead they are, in devilish slave, by thee. I did not kill your husband. Why, then, he is alive. Nay, he is dead, and slain by Edward's hand. In thy foul throat thou liest. Queen Margaret saw thy murderous falchion smoking in his blood, the which thou once didst bend against her breast, but that thy brothers beat aside the point. I was provoked by her slanderous tongue, which laid their guilt upon my guiltless shoulders. Thou wast provoked by thy bloody mind, which never dreamt on aught but butcheries. Didst thou not kill this king? I grant ye. Dost grant me, hedgehog? Then God grant me too, thou mayst be damned for that wicked deed. He was gentle, mild, and virtuous. The fitter for the king of heaven that hath him. He is in heaven, where thou shalt never come. Let him thank me that hope to send him thither, for he was fitter for that place than earth. And thou unfit for any place but hell. Yes, one place else, if you will hear me name it. Some dungeon. Your bedchamber. Ill respite the chamber where thou liest. So will it, madam, till I lie with you? I hope so. I know so. But, gentle Lady Anne, to leave this keen encounter of our wits and fall somewhat into a slower method, is not the causer of the timeless deaths of these Plantagenets, Henry and Edward, as blameful as the executioner? Thou art the cause, and most accursed effect. Your beauty was the cause of that effect. Your beauty which did haunt me in my sleep to undertake the death of all the world, so I might live one hour in your sweet bosom. If I thought that, I'd tell thee, homicide. These nails should rend that beauty from my cheeks. These eyes could never endure sweet beauty's wreck. You should not blemish it if I stood by. As all the world is cheered by the sun, so I by that. It is my day, my life. Black night or shade thy day, and death thy life. Curse not thyself, fair creature, thou art both. I would I were to be revenged on me. It is a quarrel most unnatural to be revenged on him that loveth you. It is a quarrel just and reasonable to be revenged on him that slew my husband. He that bereft thee, lady, of thy husband, did it to help thee to a better husband. His better doth not breathe upon the earth. He lives that loves thee better than he could. Name him. Plantagenet. Why, that was he. The selfsame name, but one of better nature. Where is he? Here. 
why dost thou spit at me would it were mortal poison for thy sake never came poison from so sweet a place never hung poison on a fowler toad out of my sight thou dost infect my eyes thine eyes sweet lady have infected mine would they were basilisks to strike thee dead i would they were that i might die at once for now they kill me with a living death those eyes of thine from mine have drawn salt tears shamed their aspect with store of childish drops these eyes that never shed remorseful tear no when my father york and edward wept to hear the piteous moan that rutland made when black-faced clifford shook his sword at him nor when thy warlike father like a child told the sad story of my father's death and twenty times made pause to sob and weep that all the standers-by had wet their cheeks like trees but ashed with rain in that sad time my manly eyes did scorn and humble tear and what these sorrows could not thence exhale thy beauty hath and made them blind with weeping i never sued to friend nor enemy my tongue could never learn sweet smoothing word but now thy beauty is proposed my fee my proud heart sues and prompts my tongue to speak teach not thy lips such scorn for they were made for kissing lady not for such contempt if thy revengeful heart cannot forgive lo here i lend thee this sharp pointed sword which if thou please to hide in this true bosom and let the soul forth that adoreth thee i lay it naked to the deadly stroke and humbly beg the death upon my knee he lays his breast open she offers at it with his sword nay do not pause for i did kill king henry but twas thy beauty that provoked me nay now dispatch twas i that stabbed young edward but twas my heavenly face that set me on take up the sword again or take up me arise dissembler though i wish thy death i will not be thy executioner then bid me kill myself and i will do it i have already Tch, that was in thy rage speak it again and even with a word that hand which for thy love did kill thy love shall for thy love kill a far truer love to both their deaths thou shalt be accessory i would knew thy heart tis figured in my tongue i fear me both are false then never man was true well well put up your sword say then my peace is made that shall you know hereafter but shall i live in hope all men i hope live so vouchsafe to wear this ring to take is not to give look how this ring encompasseth finger even so thy breast encloseth my poor heart wear both of them for both of them are thine and if thy poor devoted supplicant may but beg one favour at thy gracious hand thou dost confirm his happiness for ever what is it that it would please thee leave these sad designs to him that hath more cause to be a mourner and presently repair to crosby place where after i have solemnly interred at chertsey monastery this noble king and wet his grave with my repentant tears i will with all expedient duty see you for divers unknown reasons i beseech you grant me this boon with all my heart and much it joys me too to see you are become so penitent Tressel and Berkeley, go along with me. Bid me farewell. Tis more than you deserve. But since you teach me how to flatter you, 
imagine I have said farewell already. Exent Lady Anne, Tressel, and Barclay. Sirs, take up the course. Towards Chertsey, noble lord. No, to Whitefriars, there attend my coining. Exeunt all but Gloucester. Was ever woman in this humour wooed? Was ever woman in this humour won? I'll have her. But I will not keep her long. What? I that killed her husband and her father? To take her in her heart's extremest hate, with curses in her mouth, tears in her eyes, the bleeding witness of her hatred by, having God, her conscience, and these bars against me, and I nothing to back my suit at all but the plain devil and assembling looks, and yet to win her, all the world to nothing. Ha! Has she forgot already that brave prince, Edward, her lord, whom I some three months since stabbed in my angry mood at Tewkesbury? A sweeter and a lovelier gentleman, framed in the prodigality of nature, young, valiant, wise, and no doubt right royal, the spacious world cannot again afford. And will she yet debase her eyes on me, that cropped the golden prime of this sweet prince and made her widow to a woeful bed? On me? whose all not equals Edward's moiety? On me that halt and am unshapen thus? My dukedom to a beggarly denier. I do mistake my person all this while. Upon my life she finds, although I cannot myself, to be a marvellous proper man. I'll be at charges for a looking-glass and entertain some score or two of tailors to study fashions to adorn my body. Since I am crept in favor with myself, will maintain it with some little cost. But first, I'll turn yon fellow in his grave, and then return lamenting to my love. Shine out, fair son, till I have bought a glass, that I may see my shadow as I pass. End of Richard the Third, Act One, Scene Two.